Treatment, the podcast for everything in the field of mental health and addiction treatment. I'm your host, Derek Dorado. Join us in listening to our episode as we will focus on highlighting industry trends with guest experts and healthcare providers from around the nation in the treatment industry who will share their unique perspectives on treatment. Ending the stigma on behavioral health and substance use disorders is very important to us, and the easiest ways to do that is by talking about it. That's talking treatment. Today we have two special guests, Elias Moran, owner of Compianza Health in Arizona, and Joyce Wagner, Director of Revenue Cycle Management here at ASLI. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome, absolutely. So Elias, I, I, I remember when we first started speaking, uh, you and I, you know, months ago, and your program being mental health specific and counseling services being in-home, providing in-home counseling service. How was that going and, and how did you even start off with that process? Well, if I had known how daunting of a process it was, I might not have started, but <laughs> I'm glad that I did. It's challenging. We There are a lot of obstacles or, you know, barriers in providing treatment to, to the public. Uh, I feel like it's grown in the past couple of years and the need is out there for providers such as ourselves to provide this service to the public. Did you choose the community that you're in right now because you're from that area is that your hometown or or why did you pick that area it is i'm born and raised in arizona so i have a really close connection uh the services we provide are for uh, mostly medicaid members so low ses population um i've seen a lot of need here in arizona for for that population for services you know, are there, have there been any challenges with, you know, providing in-home mental health services? That's not not the norm. Normally, outpatient has been done. You know, you have a clinic uh, or, you know, a standalone office. What made you decide to do the in-home model? Well, I think it, it's because of our perspective of treatment. Um, so our perspective is that healing begins in the home and it begins with the whole family. So a lot of, you know, Historically, we've in the field felt that somebody comes in for counseling and they're the problem and we don't have that holistic approach. We don't have that idea of systems, that systems perspective so much as someone's coming in to, you know, there's a problem and they're wanting to get fixed versus there's a problem and how can we as a family, as a unit work to to repair this. Mm-hmm. And I met you, Elias. I was so impressed because I had never met anyone before who was so affiliated with mental health that um, they went to prison. You meet people in parks, you go to McDonald's. Your story was very fascinating to me. And so if you could talk a little bit about this the variety of places, not only just the home, that you provide care to make sure that even the low-income population has treatment, that would be great. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, we do go to all over, um, wherever the the client is. Um, Of course, there are limitations to that, but whatever we can do to facilitate change in the environment, in that person's environment, we've found is the best course.
modalities do you practice? You know, there's there's a lot of different ones out there. What do you practice for your clients? Yeah, so um, what I wanted to do is I wanted to create an agency that focuses on two parts of treatment. The first part, I'm, I'm trauma-trained, um, trauma-informed trained, so I do a lot of trauma treatment. Um, that being said, there's the other part of the functionality piece with a person. So a lot of times, the functionality of somebody, we do a lot of children, we do a lot of adults, has diminished. So if we only provided that one side of treatment, that trauma treatment, a lot of times that functionality piece isn't being met. So um, what I wanted to do as an agency is I wanted to meet both sides of the coin to address the, the, these problems that people are having. Um, so I wanted to create something that was able to do that. Talk to us a little bit about your processes and how they've had to change or adapt during this time, during this COVID-19. We have had to do and, and move towards the tele, telemedicine side of it, which was a little bit, it had a little bit of a learning curve. The other, the functionality piece, we've had to put on hold because we're not able to go into the homes um, because that piece requires a lot of hands-on um, interactions with the families, with individuals, and improving functionality. It's right. really getting in there and and not just teaching the skills, but also uh, role playing and doing other activities to solidify those skills to improve the functionality. So unfortunately, that's had to be put on hold while we've had to migrate more to the telemedicine and and get people comfortable with the trauma treatment doing doing it over the either video or whatnot. Now, has, has the state helped out at all in uh, dropping requirements when it comes to telehealth or even like with reimbursements? I know a lot of states uh, prior to COVID-19 weren't reimbursing for teletherapy sessions. How has Arizona adapted? Yeah, they, they have waived a lot of the regulations that were put in place that were limiting the telehealth services. So it's been really great in Arizona. Um, uh, individual payers have also been very flexible in their in their billing requirements that's really been helpful because that's enabled us to 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 migrate to the telehealth and have you seen that just universally universally blanketed across like all the payers as well or there are specific payers like top i think a lot of our our listeners would be curious because your model is so unique being the in-home services um you know what what payers you know do you take and if you don't want to disclose that fully maybe a little bit on on why you decide to go with those those payers? Yeah, that's not a problem. So we take most Medicaid providers, payers in Arizona. There's only a couple that we haven't been contracted with. As far as the commercial side, we take Blue Cross, Cigna, Aetna, Tricare, and I'm trying to think. United Behavioral but, Health. United, Magellan, Banner, because they all have commercial sites also. Um, I found for the most part, all the payers have been pretty flexible in allowing telehealth services to be billed to submit claims for. Um, I haven't ran into very many.
since this crisis has began. Have you uh, seen any uh, additional modifiers or the different place of service or coding that was necessary to be added based upon the telehealth um, solutions that you're providing? I have not seen any new. We have had the modifiers from what I could see there before. They just weren't being utilized because of the limitations that were placed on telehealth services. And when you first decided to look at ASLI and get into technology, I know we've had you know numerous discussions on your thought process. And when you joined us, you agreed to uh, do some of the beta testing that we're doing for as we expand our uh, billing modules. So can you talk to us a little bit about the technology and what you were looking at and why you decided to choose ASLI? Yeah, so definitely we we looked at a lot of different EHR programs um, and we really needed something that was both flexible and was able to meet our needs seeing as though we have a lot of unique needs than other providers. Um, so I think ASLI, what we really liked about ASLI was that was that flexibility um, was really big. What we also really liked is how how willing Asley was to to work with us and and talk about the different the, the various needs that we have and be able to implement um, different features that were able to meet those needs. Um, I think that's what really you know drove me to Asley and really wanted me to start this relationship. Perfect. And talk to us a little bit about your experience with the auto-generate and what that's done, the effect, whether good, bad, or indifferent on your billing and um, the differences between, um, you know, encompassing all types, whether or not your contact notes, et cetera, the different types of processes that you do and how the auto-generated ASLI, how does that fit into that program? And, and even before, Elias, before you get into that, Joyce, can you explain to our listeners what the auto-generation of claims is? Because I think a lot of them are just so used to the process of, of doing claims one by one. Okay. Briefly overview that, and then Elias, just jump into your answer. That'd be great. Perfect. Um, at ASLI, we've developed an auto-generate of claims, and what that allows our users to do is to set up code sets that are associated with appointment types that appointments are scheduled on the calendar and checked in and that coding auto generates a claim based upon whether you have a flag set up that the appointment was simply checked in or whether or not you want to set an additional flag that the appointment needs to be set up scheduled checked in and the note has been finalized along with that we've implemented what we call an encounter auto-generate. And that allows users, such as Elias, who often have uh, patients that they see um, on the fly, so to speak. There wasn't two weeks in advance that the appointment was scheduled, but here they come and I've got to meet them and I'm going to do a note, but they're not going to get on the 
the calendar, and so I'm able to do what we call it, Asley, an encounter, and that encounter is um, associated with code sets, and once you finalize and sign that encounter, the claim is auto-generated, and so billers become reviewers instead of data entry clerks, and that's the basis of auto-generative claims. Elias, how has that helped, helped your programs and helped your billing processes? Well, I think, you know, going back a little bit to what we really like about Asli is starting an agency and never have do, done this before. I've practiced therapy and I've been, you know, that's where I kind of come from as a therapist. I've never, I did not understand um, that workflow as it had been set up before so when we came into this or when i came into this i really wanted a system that um once we submit our claim it just go through the system and it gets submitted i really wanted something that was very easy especially as we grow that i didn't have to hire somebody who just sat there and had to investigate every claim before we were able to send it out that didn't make sense to me so Asli creating this system of the auto-generating claims, we're really able to schedule appointment, create an encounter, complete the note, whatever it is, um, whether it's just a contact note or we're doing a, an appointment, an emergency appointment, and where it's not on a calendar, we can create that note, submit it, it goes, we auto-generate it, we review it and we send it. It's great. That's nice. That's got to be so convenient. And, and um, Joyce, I know Elias was working even while we were, were developing this this process. Um, you know, it obviously has made your process a little bit easier, Elias. Would you recommend other you know programs that are also in the same position of y'all with starting a brand new program? Is is having that auto generation of claims kind of a must? Does it really help with manpower not having to have like a billing team or additional staff members there? Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, without you know saving on the you know being cost effective, being very fluid, um, is definitely something that I feel is as an industry is moving towards, especially with the technology. Absolutely. Okay, great. Um, is there anything else on the revenue cycle management or billing side, Joyce, that you think you'd wanna, wanna ask Elias? Um, talk to us a little bit about when we set up your charge master, your code sets. Um, work. I worked with you and you were able to go in and set up your own charge master and talk to us a little bit about the whether you found it difficult or easier once we explained the process of how charge masters are set up because you actually set your own up. Yeah, and you know we're very unique in that we bill TPT codes and we bill we bill HICPICS codes. Um, when you start building HICPIX code, you have a lot of different modifiers. You have a lot of different nuances that have to be set up correctly. That way, when you either create an account or create an appointment, it comes through correctly on the other end. 
Um, so in creating the and working in the charge master configuration, we're really able to modify and change quickly right then and there if something is getting hung up in the claim process um, before it gets sent out to to the payer. So Elias, what's uh, what's next for Confianza? Are you uh, what, what do you see? Do you see yourself expanding within the community, uh, going to another community, or what? What do you see uh, growth-wise or scalability-wise? What's the future of Confianza? Well, hopefully, it's a bright future. Um, unfortunately, with everything going on, um, there's a need to provide services. Um, we're wanting to expand here in Arizona. Um, that's kind of where we're at right now is increasing our, you know, our footprint in the community as far as the counseling mental health side goes, um, creating and evolving the functional family piece to really improve functionality is a big focus for us. And how about Levine? Is, is, and talk to us a little bit more about where you're located. So maybe some of our listeners, if they know, is Levine a, a suburb of Phoenix or are you around there? Uh, yeah, you know, Arizona, Phoenix is kind of just one big city, even though we're a part of, you know, we're separated. Levine's a little on the outside of Phoenix. Um, but we provide services for you know, central Phoenix, for the most part, West Phoenix. So everybody that's um, in that area, it's a pretty big area. Okay. <laughs> we yeah, provide services for. Yeah, and and if if someone in that area is looking for care, how would they get a hold of you? How could they find you? Oh, sure. They can go to our website. Um, there's a lot of good information there. They're able to schedule. They're able to reach out, um, schedule appointments, download, you know, forms. Um, it's it's confianzahealth.org. Fantastic. Oh, perfect then. Um, well, that's really all I have from, from my end, unless you all want to talk a little bit more on the revenue cycle management side. I think it was good to be able to learn a little bit more about your programs, Elias, learn what you're doing a little bit different. You are obviously unique with your in-home services, and we've, I've always found that fascinating for the first time I, I started speaking with you, how your approach was a little bit different, and how you've kind of adopted it and, and really figured out the billing process, which... You know, Joyce has, has worked hand in hand with you on that. So I applaud her on that. And obviously you for um, shortening that learning curve because you don't come from a billing background, right? No, no. Yeah. So you really figured it out pretty quick. So I, I definitely, my hat's off to you on that. As has been great. You know, anytime that I, I have a question, anytime that I'm wanting some clarification, whether it's Joyce or anyone else, um, I've always gotten a response within the same day. I, I, I guess I'm giving you some more work out there, <laughs> setting up some expectations. But yeah, it's always been great when when I have something that comes up. Oh, thank you for that feedback. Yeah, we, we do our best, uh, and it's it, more than just the software. You know, we really are a team. When folks ask about us, what's the difference between Asley and you know other vendors out there? You know, I start off by talking about just the team of who we are, whether it's Joyce or Coletta on the on the leadership side, or you know, if it's Ryan on the support side, Maria. Um, you know, it's really the team aspect, and then secondly would be the billing. It's it's really our uh, uh, our pride and joy within the system because ultimately, you know, for the providers like you that have to bill insurance, if if you all cannot get reimbursed for your services, it doesn't matter how great your 
programs are, how much, how great your care is for your clients, you can't keep your doors open if you're not getting reimbursed, right? Yeah, so I hear you loud and clear. Well, hey, good luck and, and stay healthy during this time, Elias. Reach out if you need us. Thank you for being on. And uh, Thanks. Uh-huh. Talk to you okay, in a little bit. All right, bye-bye.